Welcome into the Solo Shot Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Dom Mana. 25th episode here. I can't believe it flew by. I really appreciate all the support out there that I've been getting with this. It's been really cool to be back on the mic and making content around sports season. And for the first time all postseason, I got the entire round right. It was until it was down to four teams and I had to guess two series right that I finally guessed the right teams. And it was one team that I had bet against previously in the postseason in the Philadelphia Phillies and the Houston Astros who have not lost a playoff game yet this year and are just an absolute powerhouse. I want to start with the Phillies though. When Rob Thompson took over Joe Girardi for a 22 and 29 team, I thought the Phillies were about as good as they were going to be. I didn't think that switching the manager would change things all that much. Their streaky hitters had to hit, and their pitching staff had to be healthy. And right now, that is what is happening. The streaky hitters are hitting one through nine. Gene Segura's had a great postseason. Alec Bohm's had his moments. Obviously, Bryce Harper has been obliterating this postseason, his first postseason run. He just turned 30 years old, and... You know, he is starting off as hot as you can in your 30s. Usually, people at the end of their 20s aren't feeling too hot about what's next. They're getting older. Bryce Harper, he's been in the public spotlight since he was 16 on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And he's came a long way in his baseball life. I'm happy that he's finally in a World Series. It really broke my heart for him. When he left the organization that had drafted him and he spent his entire career with, and then in his first press conference, well, interview with the Phillies, he said that he was going to bring a championship back to D.C. He misspoke. And then the Washington Nationals went on to win the World Series in 2019. But Bryce Harper, through the trials and tribulations, he hasn't been able to play the outfield because of an injury he came back and Blake Snell broke one of his fingers he's fought through a lot of pain he is not a hundred percent and he is absolutely murdering baseballs all you Philly fans out there that home run that he hit to take the lead absolutely electric Citizens Bank Park has been absolutely rocking Philadelphia sports fans when things are going good are some of the most amazing fans that you will ever see. So I'm happy for you guys. Your first playoff run in a long time. You broke your playoff drought and you've been dominating. Then we have the Houston Astros. Who I was leaning towards making them my favorite to win it all over the Dodgers as the season went on. The Dodgers... Despite them having an all-star lineup and a great pitching staff on paper, their pitching just with injuries and different things wasn't holding up as well as the Houston Astros. And they just continued to get stronger. One through five, that rotation in Houston is nasty. Justin Verlander with an amazing comeback season is likely your American League Cy Young winner. Frambert Valdez is a quality start machine. Christian Javier 
and company. They throw gas, Lance McCullers. But then you look at the bullpen. And in 33 innings this postseason, the bullpen of the Houston Astros has surrendered two runs. Absolute filth. Some of their best guys from this season in the bullpen have barely pitched this postseason. Because there's just that many guys that they can throw at you. And as we get ready for game one tonight. This gap in play that we've had the longest so far for both of these teams. I think the advantage is on the Houston Astros side. The Philadelphia Phillies have been a team of momentum. They've been riding the highs. Everybody's been counting them out, me included. And they're the one team I think that the Astros don't want to face. Because while their pitching isn't as deep, they have some quality pitchers and those bats will keep attacking. This series is really going to come down to the Houston Astros offense. Jordan Alvarez has had his coming out party this season as one of the best hitters in the American League and maybe all of baseball. You have Jeremy Pena, a 25-year-old rookie, filling in for Carlos Correa, winning ALCS MVP. Jose Altuve has been there before. Alex Bregman has been there before. They got to get the job done. The pressure is on them. They're the 100-win team. They're the team with all the depth. They're the team with the better pitching, which is supposed to win you championships. And every single time I have picked against the Phillies this postseason, they have proved me wrong. So if you're a Philadelphia sports fan listening to this, You should be really happy right now because I'm going to pick the Houston Astros to win this series. I'm a big fan of great pitching. And while Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola can absolutely shove it, Ranger Suarez has been very good this postseason. Alvarado out of the bullpen has been nails. I cannot pick... This team of destiny, this team with the momentum to beat the superior team here in Houston. So regardless of how this goes, I feel bad picking against the Phillies. I said last week that I can't pick against them again. This Astros team is dirty. And while they have not lost a game yet this postseason... I am predicting that this series will go six games. I've been that impressed with the Phillies that I think they will be the first team to put legitimate pressure on the Houston Astros. The Seattle Mariners were a nice story, a young team that was a year ahead of schedule at least. The New York Yankees were a money pit basically, a team that had a lot of money invested and not a lot of results. And the Yankees got exposed by Houston. San Diego, I think, will see better days. They have two more years of Juan Soto control. 
Fernando Tatis will eventually come back from suspension. And I do think that they will make some moves, whether it's at the trade deadline or in the offseason, to just improve some of their weaknesses. But the New York Yankees are a team that's in total flux right now. Aaron Judge has basically said that Brian Cashman had his chance before the season to get this done. And he's going to be seeing what happens in free agency. The San Francisco Giants said that they will not be outbid on Aaron Judge after his historic 62 home run season. This is a team that missed out on the Giancarlo Stanton sweepstakes, that missed out on the Bryce Harper sweepstakes, and as they have missed out on these stars that they've tried to get over there. Buster Posey has now retired. Brandon Crawford and Brandon Belt are both in their mid-30s and are free agents. They might retire. They might come back on short-term deals. They might go elsewhere to chase a championship. This era of Giants baseball is coming to a close. And with Gabe Kapler and with some of these young pieces that they have, I think they can still be a competitive ball club while building for the future. But you want to do that around a face of the team. You want to have a big slugger like you used to have with Barry Bonds. And Aaron Judge is that guy. Someone for at least the next three to five years that you know is going to put up big boy numbers, be able to play any spot in the outfield. You have the National League DH now. So if that contract or his knees start going, his back starts going, you can DH him to give him the rest he needs. And the Giants are a real contender there for Aaron Judge. I've been saying for months that he's going to be a New York Met. Because while sources are saying the Giants won't be outbid, I don't think Steve Cohen will be outbid. There's a decent chance that Steve Cohen loses Brandon Nimmo and Jacob deGrom this offseason. And what better way to fill that void of losing a face of the franchise in New York by replacing it with the face of New York baseball right now. And a guy who will upgrade your center field spot significantly from what Brandon Nimmo has provided. I think it just makes too much sense for him to be a New York Met. The Dodgers will always be in play with the big free agents. There's been talk about Mookie Betts changing spots. I just don't think they're going to swing that. I think the Dodgers need to focus on pitching this offseason. The lineup is great. You look at across the league, maybe a Toronto who's been aggressive tries to get Aaron Judge. Maybe a Seattle team that's been spending money goes after an Aaron Judge. But there's really just four or five teams that are really in consideration. I know that he grew up a Boston Red Sox fan and my team has been kind of thrown out there as an option and... They have money to spend. I just hope they spend it on the homegrown talent with Devers and possibly Bogarts as well. There's going to be a lot of moving parts this offseason. It's going to be really interesting to watch. But the New York Yankees going down 3-0 and then playing footage of the Red Sox coming back from down 3-0 against the Yankees in 2004 might be the most rock-bottom 
of a great franchise I've ever seen. This team is so desperate to be relevant again, so desperate to win a championship, that they're playing highlights of this is how you come back from a 3-0 deficit, showing the boys in pinstripes on the wrong end of it. If I was Aaron Judge, I wouldn't want to re-sign in New York either. I'd want to test the waters, and if I get similar or better money elsewhere, I'd be happy with doing that. Usually when players of this caliber hit free agency, a la Bryce Harper, they don't end up coming back. NFL season is underway. We are at the halfway point basically here. And I'm very excited. We're getting this out one day early for you guys. So you can have my World Series predictions before the World Series comes out. The Thursday night football game, I usually get to recap for you guys. But I'm just going to be telling you my pick. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in trouble. Losing that badly to the Carolina Panthers. Mike Evans with that uncharacteristic drop wide open down the field where he bobbled in and hit his chest. They're just not in a good place right now. I don't care that they're at home. Lamar Jackson, even if he's without Mark Andrews and some other people on that team, I think we'll be able to get things done here. This game going into the season probably looked like a really awesome opportunity but Thursday night football I think is going to be a miss this week I'm not expecting the game to be super exciting I think the Ravens will win on the road getting into the one o'clock slate Bears at Cowboys the Bears just traded away Robert Quinn to the Philadelphia Eagles for a fourth round pick and reports out of Cowboys camp are that Ezekiel Elliott has not been rehabbing and looks like he will be out this week. So everybody who's in fantasy football land already knows about Tony Pollard, but Tony Pollard is one of the most explosive backup running backs in the game. Someone that is always like, why aren't they giving this guy more touches in the times that he's actually stepped in for Zeke? He has been an unquestioned RB1 in fantasy. If he's on your waiver wire in shallow leagues, you pick him up and start him. He's going to be a top 10 play against the Bears as I think Dak has his real comeback game and looks more like himself beating the Bears. Steelers, Eagles. The Eagles, like I said, they just got Robert Quinn. The rich get richer. This team has such a good roster, top to bottom. Offensive line to defensive line perimeter positions the quarterback position when your weak spot is the running back room you're an elite team a la the buffalo bills the eagles are undefeated i expect them to stay that way i do think that pittsburgh will show some fight that defense is very good kenny pickett has been able to sustain some drives but i'm not expecting the steelers to be able to be the first team to beat the eagles i'm sticking with philadelphia Broncos-Jaguars is in London. The Jaguars are kind of London's team. They were one of the first teams to get over there. Their owner actually has stake in multiple uh, football franchises over there overseas. So the Jaguars are actually very beloved in London. And 
the Broncos have been very bad this year. So I think that combination, there will be Jaguars fans showing out in London for the Jaguars. I think Trevor Lawrence and company can get it done. Travis Etienne with the trade of James Robinson out of town. He was already an RB1, but he is a locked and loaded RB1 every single week. Hopefully he can stay healthy. That's been the big problem with running back this year is a lot of guys are getting hurt. But Travis Etienne must start. I'm cool with starting Trevor Lawrence and Christian Kirk. And I think on the Broncos side of the ball, I don't want to start Judy and Sutton, but they're guys that you can definitely play. Greg Dolchich in deeper leagues or two tight end leagues is a very solid play. He's been the kind of a free square. And regardless of who's under center, I'm avoiding the running back situation. Latavius Murray and Melvin Gordon just... They're just two guys that shouldn't be getting this kind of work. So I don't want to touch them. Lions, Dolphins, really interesting game here. Uh, The Lions have been really tough, especially at home. They have a really cool nucleus of guys, even though they're in contention for the number one seed. DeAndre Swift is supposed to be healthy in this one. If he's playing, I'm playing him. Uh, I'm in Ross St. Brown re-injured his ankle I wouldn't trust him this week uh, as much as I love the player uh, he's just not being smart the medical staff in Detroit needs to hold him accountable and if he needs to go on IR or sit out for another week or two to get right he definitely should because he does not look right out there he rolled up and did not play the rest of the game Dolphin side of the ball Raheem Moster has been an RB2 when he gets the carries, I expect him to continue that this week. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are both elite plays. And you could do worse than Tua and two quarterback here. Jared Goff, I think we'll have some garbage time opportunities in this one. I got the Dolphins taking this on the road. Panthers, Falcons. This is at Atlanta. The Panthers, out of nowhere, after trading away Christian McCaffrey, go and just beat down the Tampa Bay Bucks. Chuba Hubbard started him and Deontay Foreman both had huge games I think they're both on that RB2 RB3 fringe if I had to choose one I would choose Hubbard because he's more explosive Falcon side of the ball I don't want to start a running back Drake London and Kyle Pitts are always in consideration but the way that they're using them is not good I'm expecting Whatever quarterback change happens, whether it's Desmond Ritter this year or a rookie or free agent quarterback next year, that things will look up for Drake London and Kyle Pitts. But I do think that the Falcons at home with their defense will be able to win this divisional matchup against the Panthers at home. Cardinals-Vikings, actually a pretty exciting game for fantasy purposes. Kyler Murray, he lost Marquise Hollywood-Brown for the year. But he gained Rondale Moore, Robbie Anderson through trade, and DeAndre Hopkins back from suspension. All of those guys, I think, are playable, especially Hopkins, who just dominated targets. But playing Eno Benjamin every week has been awesome for you. He's a low-end RB1 in this one. Zach Ertz, he's just the kind of quietest top five tight end there is I think he'll have a really big game in this one and the Vikings side of the ball Justin Jefferson's an auto start Dalvin Cook's an auto start 
but I am very excited to play Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen in this one. I think that this is going to be a fun fantasy game at 1 o'clock. Raiders-Saints, another game that probably seemed a lot more exciting before the season. The Saints are continuing with Andy Dalton, even though it appears that Jameis Winston is healthy. The Red Rifle has always been a good quarterback, but never someone that really gives you hope. Alvin Kamara and Chris Olave are the only two guys that I'm definitely starting on the Saints side of the ball. You could do worse than Taysom Hill because he just has red zone opportunities and big games out of nowhere. The Raiders, Josh Jacobs is a locked and loaded RB1 with the way they're using him. You got Devontae Adams. I'm hoping Darren Waller will be back in this one. And I would avoid Hunter Renfro unless you're really desperate. Patriots, Jets, Mac Jones got benched very early on Monday night in what was just a terrible game for me to watch as a football fan, let alone a Patriots fan. He's going to start this week. He was getting 70% of the reps in practice with the ones. And I'm expecting this to be a Mac Jones revenge game. The Jets just lost Elijah Vera Tucker and Brees Hall for the year. Two very important parts of their offense. Zach Wilson has just looked worse since he's been back from injury. His first game back was his best game so far. And while the Jets are at home and have the better record, I think Bill's going to be able to get the Patriots back on track in this one at the Meadowlands. Patriots side of the ball. Ramondre Stevenson's in your lineup as a high-end RB2. Jacoby Myers is a wide receiver three. And on the Jets side of the ball, I'm starting Michael Carter as a low-end RB2, even with James Robinson in town. And for the wide receiver position, I'd play Garrett Wilson if I had to play anybody, but I don't want to play any of them right now. Titans, Texans, the Texans have been playing people tough, and while Damian Pierce and Brandon Cooks will be in my lineup, I will not be picking the Texans to win this game. Derrick Henry, in his last three games against the Houston Texans, has rushed for over 200 yards. He is an automatic top three play this week, and I think he's going to be instrumental in this Titans win. Uh, Ryan Tannehill should be fine in two quarterback leagues as a guy that will be able to have really nice reads off the play action if Derrick Henry is running like he typically does against Houston. And if I'm starting a Titans pass-catching option, I'm starting Robert Woods. Giants at Seahawks, the only game this weekend featuring two teams with winning records, the Giants and the Seahawks in Week 8. Just like we all expected, Geno Smith has been way better than advertised. I don't think he's going to have DK in this one after the injury he suffered last week. That makes Tyler Lockett a very appealing play to me personally. Kenneth Walker has been dominating. He's an RB1. And then on the Giants side of the ball, Saquon Barkley is the only guy that I'm still comfortable starting. But with the trade of Kadarius Toney, an injury to Sterling Shepard, you could do worse at a flex or deep wide receiver spot than Wandale Robinson. He's been running routes and being involved, and I don't think he's a bad player. So, really fun game here at 4 o'clock, and I think the Seahawks with the 12th man are going to be able to edge out the Giants. Commanders at Colts. The Colts have turned the reins over to 
Texas Longhorn standout Sam Ellinger. Matt Ryan is benched for the foreseeable future. So, Commanders at Colts was thought to be the Carson Wentz revenge game against his replacement Matt Ryan. Instead, it is Taylor Heineke taking on Sam Ellinger. Get ready for some amazing football. No, I'm kidding. Commander's side of the ball, Heineke is hyper-targeting McLaurin, so I'm comfortable starting McLaurin as a wide receiver too. If I had to start a Washington Commander's running back, I'm starting the guy that's getting the goal line carries in Brian Robinson. I'm fading Antonio Gibson until they start using him. Colts side of the ball, Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman are in your lineup. And I think that even though there's a quarterback change, Paris Campbell has been a big part of the offense the last couple weeks, and he is in flex consideration this week for the Colts. Sam Ellinger in his first NFL start, or Taylor Heineke coming off the high of beating the Green Bay Packers. I'm just going to go with the coach that I trust more, and that's Riverboat Ron Rivera. I'm going to pick the Commanders to beat the Colts on the road. I think this game's going to be real ugly. It's why you like starting your running back in Jonathan Taylor. And it's really funny now that the Colts are throwing to Jonathan Taylor a lot after they saw how effective their offense was when they were dumping it down to Deion Jackson. They were like, wait, we have a much better running back that also is a sure pass catcher. Why don't we involve him like that? So Jonathan Taylor, rest of season, could really dominate in PPR with the way they're starting to target him and the way that they're not in the lead of any game. 49ers at Rams. The 49ers got absolutely just destroyed by the Chiefs last week. It was a super efficient display by Kansas City going into their bye. And the 49ers, with Christian McCaffrey's debut, the offense just looked good. Having McCaffrey out of the backfield, Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, really awesome stuff. And I think that's just going to get better as they get more reps together in practice and in games. On the road against the Rams, Sean McVay has done very well in his career against the San Francisco 49ers. And I think that's going to continue. Darrell Henderson is on that RB2, RB3 fringe. He's playable. Tyler Higby and Allen Robinson are in consideration. And obviously you're playing Cooper Cup. 49ers, you're playing those four studs I talked about. I don't really want to play Garoppolo or Stafford, but in two quarterback leagues, you could do worse. I think this game will have a decent point total. Got the Rams winning at home there against the 49ers. Bills, Packers, Sunday Night Football. Every time that I try to say, okay, I can't bet against the Packers, there's no way I'm betting for the Packers. And I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers in primetime can't wake up and start looking like Aaron Rodgers again and the Packers can't go into Buffalo and win but I'm sure as hell not gonna pick against what I believe is the best team in football in the Buffalo Bills Josh Allen has been dominant Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs are auto starts in your top 12 Devin Singletary is playable as an RB2 Packers side of the ball I'm starting Aaron Jones And if I really need to, Alan Lazard's banged up. You maybe be able to start Romeo Dobbs in this one. You might be able to start Robert Tunyon in this one. 
I don't want to play them. Packers are going to have some garbage time, which I think will be great for Aaron Jones and maybe even A.J. Dillon if you're really desperate at running back. But I expect this to be a lot of Bills and not a lot of Packers in this one. Very similar to the Chiefs 49ers game last week. So I got the Bills winning on Sunday night football. In the Monday night football game, pretty exciting one to me at least. I love these NFC North battles when both teams are pretty good. And the Bengals have been on an absolute tear going into Cleveland to play the Browns. Brown side of the ball, you play the running backs, you play Amari Cooper. And with David Njoku going on IR with his ankle, I think that Harrison Bryant, as the last man standing, is going to get some volume in this one. And he's actually a very good tight end. He won the John Mackey Award in college for best college football tight end. And he's been very solid when they actually throw him the ball. So I think with an increased opportunity, Harrison Bryant is going to be the streamer tight end of the week. Bengals side, Boyd, Higgins, if he looks if he looks like he's going to be in there full capacity. Those are guys you all are just good playing. Burrow's been throwing for a ridiculous amount of yards. And while I do think the Bengals will win this one on the road, I think it's going to be a lot closer than people are in the media are going to make it seem. So, just going back in order, I have Bengals over Browns, Bills over Packers, Rams over 49ers, Commanders over Colts, Seahawks over Giants, Titans over Texans, Patriots over Jets, Eagles over Steelers, Raiders over Saints, Cowboys over Bears, Vikings over Cardinals, Falcons over Panthers, Dolphins over Lions, Jaguars over Broncos, and Ravens over Buccaneers on Thursday night football. I appreciate you guys listening as always. I really hope that you guys are tapped into the World Series this year. I think it's going to be a really good one. Power pitching meets hot hitting which is a really good recipe for fun baseball and as we continue to go through the buys and the terrible injuries i know Brees hall is disappointing to fantasy football fans and jets fans everywhere Uh, i had him as my rookie of the year and really sad to see him go and now looks like chris olave is going to be the leader for that award with kenneth walker coming uh right behind him right now But that kind of stuff happens in a football season. And while the injuries and bye weeks do suck getting to not see certain players play, just appreciate the games that we do have and try to make the most of your weekend. It's kind of what makes it perfect is not knowing what's going to happen next. I know I've been wrong with tons of my predictions on this show and you guys have recorded proof of that. So appreciate you guys listening as always. Hope you enjoy your solo shot Saturday, even though this is coming out on a Friday, and I will catch you in the next one. Peace.